Blog Talk Radio. This is Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 Grunt Style Chevy Camaro, and listen to the pit stop with Tim Despain. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson, which is right outside of Richmond Raceway up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Stephen, how you doing tonight, bud? Well, I guess Stephen might not be there. Well, I'll put him right back over. Stephen said he was going to be busy. Let's bring on the official reverend, reverend of the pit stop with Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson and Suzanne, Mr. Reverend Joe, out there on the West Coast. Reverend, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, we we got a little bit I of cool weather. Stephen fell asleep. Well, he he had texted me earlier, Revan. He uh, he's been doing getting a lot of upgrades ready for servers there where he works. So he was uh trying to get all that done, and I was trying to promote the show and everything. And I told him, "Don't worry about it. you going to get all that done. I'll go ahead and get all the promotion stuff out." So he's been tied up. Exactly. As long as it wasn't with a rope, it's all good. Amen, brother. So, we got a big show tonight or what? Yeah, we got uh we got coming up here at uh twenty minutes after the hour we've got uh Mr. Shane Lee, uh driver for Richard Childers Racing in the NASCAR Spanish series, and then also coming up at a quarter till the top of the hour we've got Miss Liz Allison. Uh, I'm sure Steve and I we want to hear a lot about uh the induction of David Allison into the NASCAR Hall of Fame for the twenty nineteen class and uh just same old, same old, good, good show stuff. Good, good stuff. Good Reverend. stuff. Yes, sir. Very good. So let me get it started for you. Go from there. Yes, sir. Crank it up, Reverend. Lord, Lord be with us tonight. Guide us all. Be with all those that are hurting. And all those that have gone through some grief in the last six months. You know, particularly a few friends of Suzanne's and such. So please be with us all. Protect all our racers, all our fans, all our friends all over the world. Watch over our soldiers as they watch over us. Be with all those who run toward danger while we're running away from it. Help their families and guide them. Be with all of us, and we thank you so much for sending your son to die for our sins. So all we had to do is believe in him, and we'll have everlasting life. We thank you for all these things. And ask you to be with us all the next coming weeks and guide us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Reverend Joe. As always, well done. And let everybody know if they can follow you on social media and your website, On Track with Jesus. See, I got the website right. Yeah, we got that right. On Track with Jesus dot org and uh, On Track with Jesus at AOL dot com is my email address. My phone number is nine five one. Two three two seven six three zero. We're always glad to hear from you. You can also follow me on Facebook and and Twitter. I still haven't got a handle on, but 
we're getting there somewhat. So please don't be afraid to call us at any time. Reverend Joe, again, thank you very much. And uh, let everybody know, are you going to be at any uh, any tracks out uh, west in the upcoming days to come or weeks to come? Well, last Saturday I was at Orange Hill Speedway, which is the little local track nearby me that I raced at for over 25 years um, out here. Not counting all the tracks I ran back east. But um, we're going to be at Sonoma in two weeks, I think that is, coming up quick. Uh, we'll yeah, be there is. for that weekend. And we'll be there for that weekend. Um, plans are dependent on funds and other a few other medical situations. But um, we're looking in Michigan maybe toward the end of the year. Uh, definitely Vegas and Phoenix. But uh, maybe a couple more in between, we're hoping. Now that we've got a new motorhome, we're going to try to get on the road. That's right. God bless on the motor arm. And y'all need to make it down here to Dago one one spring or fall, too. We plan on doing that. We're going to come and bug you, park in your driveway or something. But I'm going to, I'm going to wait till the motor home gets old enough to leak oil so I can make a mess. So you'll remember I was there. You're going to look like, what was that guy on, uh, on that Chevy Chase movie? Uh, oh, what was it? Christmas Vacation. Uncle Eddie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> As long, uh, as long as you don't, as long as you don't dump your poop tank out there in the yard, we'll be all right, Reverend. I don't know, it might help your grass grow. Yeah, you're right. Fertilizer, <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Jeff. I appreciate you, brother. Tell Miss, tell Miss Betty, Suzanne, and I, and Stephen and Emma Reed, we all said hello to y'all, and uh, you have a safe rest we'll of the week next weekend, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday evening, bud. Uh, absolutely. God bless. Take care. God bless you. See you, Reverend. Reverend of the show there, uh, Mr. Reverend Joe Bubico out there in California. Now we got uh we got we got my co-host coming on here, uh, uh, uh CEO of com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Let me see if I I ain't brought Stephen on with a button in a while. Let's bring Stephen on with one of these buttons right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Stephen Wilson there at SpeedwayDigest.com right outside of Richmond Raceway in Commonwealth, Virginia. How you doing tonight, buddy? All right. Um, but if you want a, a slightly damaged laptop that I'm about to throw across the yard, uh, you might want to come get it before I uh, before I throw this thing. It's about aggravating as you know what. What kind is it? I know it's not an HP because I know you work on <laughs> HPs good. <laughs> Yeah, you probably gonna say it's, it's a day it's on. An HP. Oh, no, no, oh. no. It's it's a it's a no. It's a high end HP um, laptop. It uh, but it's been aggravating today because it didn't want to connect to my Wi-Fi, and then the mouse didn't want to work, and I re and I rebooted the machine, and now it's still sitting here in front of me because it's being aggravating as you know what. Is that your personal laptop or one or one of your work laptops? Oh no, this is my personal laptop that I, you know, I do. I've got all my stuff stored onto it, all the work that I do uh, for the site and for everybody else. So, um, good thing I back everything up into the cloud because this thing is becoming really aggravating. 
<laughs> exactly. Is that is that the uh, I think the same one I seen that's got the red with the black on it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of the it's That's a, a good beats one. laptop. Yep. Yep, touchscreen beats one. laptop, quad core into it. Um yeah, so it's uh it's uh it's being aggravating today because it doesn't want to play nice. Well, you know, you've had that laptop a while, so that's just about like one of your kids. You might all try to you know, try to play nice with it and try to try to hold on to it 'cause you know them things they ain't cheap. No, 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 they're not. This one wasn't cheap when I got it either. I've had this one for just about, I guess, about two, maybe about two years now. Um, so you know, I, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's a good laptop. It's just being aggravating today for whatever reason. It doesn't want to play nice. So I don't know. Well, I'll try and get this thing working and. Uh, Hopefully, by the end of the show, I'll be able to tell you what everybody's doing this weekend. <laughs> well, if you can't, Stephen, I've got uh, my poor little old gateway over here that I had years ago. It's still kicking. It Sometimes it makes a racket whenever you go to turn it on, like something's spinning. But I got it over here. I got my other screen up. I got them two. I got my Dell up. And I tried to bring everything up that way just in case one of us had an issue. I'm trying to stay on top of that better. But I know you always do at the at the end the uh, the uh, times TV and radio and all that all that good stuff. But uh, Stephen, I want to let everybody know uh, the number to call in is two one five three eight three thirty six eighty one. I'm Tim to Spain, right outside of Talladega Super Speedway, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com. I'm Stephen Wilson, which is right outside of Richmond Raceway. Stephen, uh, sent it on your site earlier. I got the I got the PR from NASCAR. Looks like it's a year of penalties, brother. They got to eighteen and they all won. Yeah, um, yeah, we 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 kind of knew that this was coming after the weekend. The eighteen uh, car and Xfinity series failed the post race inspection out there, uh, so we kind of knew this was coming today. Kind of knew that the, you know something would be down the pipe, and uh, uh, yeah, so uh, they they the the max ride height on the car um, they failed that. Um, post-race inspection. NASCAR kind of said everybody what what was going to happen, but you know they made it official today with uh, some penalties and suspensions and you know all kinds of good stuff. And then uh, we also got um, you know I, I just don't understand this. You know we've we've been um, you know having these randomized drug tests and you know all these other things that have gone on in the sport and some of them been fairly high profile. Uh, over the years, we we know that you know just a handful or so years ago, AJ Allmendinger he got popped on it um, with the program. Spencer Gallagher just here in the last couple of weeks got popped. He's now going through the recovery program. But NASCAR catching another person in the garage uh, using banned substances. So I mean, you know, we've been we've been at this for quite some time now. So I mean, it's not like it's anything new, and it's just kind of interesting. You know that people try and push the envelope and see what they can get away with, and uh, you know using some of these substances and being around these cars and things like that. I mean, we we all know that it's a dangerous sport, but we don't need people under the influence of you know whatever they're under or whatever performance enhancing drugs that they're using. Um, you know, I'm not going to speculate what exactly it was that they got popped for, but you know. Uh, you know, it's been all kinds of things across the board over the years, but I just can't 
you know, I just can't fathom at this point that, you know, these crew members know, the drivers know um, every year what's going on. And, I mean, it's not like it's a big secret. So it's just kind of, I just don't get it. I don't get why we're, um, you know, still seeing these, um, you know, these folks get popped. But they are. Me too, Steve. I don't see how, I mean, you know, some of these guys, they've got it made pretty good. And some of these guys, there's a lot and a lot, a lot of kids or young young men, especially athletes coming out of college, you know, some of them that don't go uh, pro a lot of them go and become crew members, pit crew members for some of these big name teams. And I just, I can't, I can't fabish, like you said, how they could actually do this and put their self at risk and then putting anybody else at risk. And also these uh, kids, you know, kids look up to athletes, you know, Stephen, you've got, you've got two, they, they look up to these athletes. It's, it's like a, it's like it's their heroes. And when something like this happens, it's sort of, and it's not it's not NASCAR's fault. NASCAR's doing what they got to do. They're uh, they're at least they're giving them the option to go through the road to recovery, Stephen. That way they they give them a second chance, like they get, did Spencer Gallagher and uh, uh, Jeremy Mayfield. To bring up just one, I, I hate to call him out and single him out, but he he had the opportunity opportunity to go through the road road to recovery also, and he chose not to. In my opinion, because he was just a darn hard-headed, he just wasn't going to do it. Yeah, I mean, he was giving every opportunity out there to do so, and I, you know, I, I, you know, he fought this tooth and nail all the way to the end. And I mean, he could have come back and had a, you know, a, a halfway decent career out there, uh, doing something. Maybe if he wasn't in the car, but you know, he had at least a couple more years for him in the car. And then he could, you know, break away and do something else. But, you know, he, he chose not to. And, you know, the end result was obviously he's, he's, he's currently banned from the sport, um, right. you know, for not going through the program. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you have the opportunities. NASCAR gives you the opportunities. It's not like, you know, they say, oh, you're just done. You know, we've seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with uh, you know uh, people in baseball, uh, you know they, they they go through and they can be banned for life. Like there's just no, you get a second chance. You need to go through whatever program. Uh, there's other sports that don't give you these opportunities, and NASCAR does. Um, and you know they're willing to help people all along this process and throughout the, the, along the way. And it just it just doesn't. I don't understand, to be honest with you. I asked him a question, that question, years and years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, why, why didn't you go through the program? What, what's preventing you or what was preventing you that you just felt like you didn't feel like you needed to go to the program? And I basically just got a non-answer from it. Um, it didn't address the question. It didn't really tell anybody why, but um, – you know, he chose not to, and that's his right. He doesn't have to do it. Um, but it's NASCAR's right, too, to ban you from the sport until you abide by what they say. So it works both ways. Amen, brother. And if you're not going to answer the question, you're not going to do what NASCAR asks you to do, then, you know, quit. Excuse my language. Quit bitching and grapping. Go over and say it. And, you know, Pretty I had seen something. Yeah. 
I I had well I'm not I'm I'm not gonna go down that road. I don't wanna. I don't want to bash Jeremy because Jeremy is a friend of mine. But, you know, that just like you said, it was his decision. NASCAR gave him the opportunity to say, hey, I screwed up. He said, no, I didn't screw up. And that's just the way it is. Stephen, let me let everybody know, uh, coming up here shortly, we've got driver of the number three Camaro in the NASCAR Experience Series for Richard Childress Racing, Mr. Shane Lee. And then coming up at a quarter till the top of the hour, we've got Miss Liz Allison come on. And I really want to talk to her. Also, I want to talk to Shane, but I I want to hear her her thoughts about Davey Davey making it in. Uh, Stephen, he uh, made it made it into the hall for the class of 2019. But I want to back up after with that with that being said. I want to I want to back up and go back because I know your laptop's down. I'm going to try to throw out some of this stuff. You know, uh, listener Stephen was was mentioning uh, NASCAR got the number 18 in, in the Xfinity Series post qualifying and post race front body heights. It's section 20.17.3.2.1.2A. Let it go, Tim, in the NASCAR rule book. And I was looking at the graph, Stephen, and you've probably looked at it too. There's not a real big tolerance there. They they got, uh, like you said, they got Eric Eric Phillips. They got him for $10,000 and suspended from the next NASCAR Extended Series Championship points event. Points event. They also got the uh, the team has been assessed 10 lost, 10 owner points lost. But looking at this, at this graphic, David, I know you you have looked at it. They mentioned post qualifying the front body inspection, the LIS and everything else goes. You got the front body, you got a center line, you go back to the rear. There's so many inspection points that they go by. But from what I'm looking at this graphic, David, the tolerance is not like what some of our people would think. It's not much at all, is it? No, they don't really have much tolerance anymore. Um, in these measurements, and they've decreased, um, you know, over time. And as these inspection, sta- inspection stations have gotten better, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're catching some of these things. And, you know, I, I don't know about this. You know, a ride height rule, I get the minimum ride height rule. They kind of back down from that a little bit on the, you know, the minimum ride height rule when they've allowed um, – you know, these cars, they just pretty much be slammed down to the track. Um, you know, there's just no um, air in between the track or no space between the track and the valences or, you know, the side skirts anymore uh, at a lot of these tracks. But then they go after cars that are too high. And in most cases, a car that's too high, um, there's aero issues with the car. So it's really not an advantage. So, you know, I think it's just one of those rules that maybe – I kind of sit on the fence. I don't. I don't know. I don't really necessarily think they did anything wrong, um, but I think that they maybe NASCAR in the future, now that they've done away with some of these ride height rules, uh, can probably look at some of these max heights too at the same time. And Stephen, to add to that, uh, I've probably mentioned it on the show, but it's probably been a long time ago. But uh, I think I did talk about Suzanne and I went to Atlanta years ago. It was back when Ashton Lewis Jr. was racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Matter of fact, it was the race that they announced he was going to start driving the number 25 Marines car in the Xfinity Series. That's the race we was at. And I was watching the cars come through inspection. And, you know, back then they didn't have this – this new hawk ideal uh the tempests were probably a little bit older you know they didn't really watch it that much but every car that i've seen once they come through inspection through the through the rumor doom was what they called it back then 
when they pushed when the NASCAR officials pushed them out, there was one on each side of the front, and they was mashing down on the mashing down on the car. They'd mash down two or three times, go on, mash down. And I asked one of them officials, I don't remember what his name was, and if I did, I you know wouldn't wouldn't actually call him out. But I said, why y'all bounce the front end of that car up and down? And he said, some of the teams would take wire ties, Stephen, and tie up like a plastic wire tie somehow and tie the tie the body up or something to get it through inspection. And then, especially at Atlanta with the rough track it is, they would hit a bump or something, and then wire ties would break, and it'd drop that front end down on the, you know, down there as low as it'd go. And like you said, being high, it's not a, it's not a big advantage because uh, the air is going to push it, it's going to slow it down, drag, and all that. But I thought that was really interesting. That was a neat trick that they used back in the day then to put them wire ties up there. And I thought, you know, man, I ne- I never thought about that, Steve. <laughs> well, it's one of those areas uh, in the rule book that these uh, crews and, and uh, uh, crew chiefs and car, uh, you know, fabricators, and, you know, these truck specialists and everybody that they brought on these days are, are find these little tricks. And, you know, that you, you just talked about one of them. You know, Ashton Lewis Jr., you're talking about Ashton Lewis Jr., he's actually from around here. He, um, he, uh, he He's from uh, about 10 minutes away from where I live. And uh, he's now a uh, general manager for a very large um, uh, um, auto dealership from, for right. a chain of auto dealerships up here. I used to race out in Langley many, many, many years ago when I worked there. So um, I'm very familiar with Ashton Lewis Jr. and uh, some of the stuff that he's um, been in across his life. And, you know, it's uh, kind of neat that you kind of brought that up because i got a little backstory on that one. <laughs> We'll definitely talk about that one night, Steve. Steve, let's go ahead and bring on our first guest, uh, driver of the number three Chevrolet and NASCAR Xfinity Series for Richard Shieldis Racing, Mr. Shane Lee. Let's bring him, Shane Lee, let's bring him in the pit stop with Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Shane Lee, how you doing tonight, bud? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Again, I want to thank you for taking time out to come on, Shane, and congratulations on that top 12 finish this past weekend there at Pocono. Thank you. Just had a pretty decent score all weekend. Just wish we could have worked on the longer run balance and had a pretty good shot there at the end. We got up running in the top five, just lost a little bit more handling than we expected. And Shane, to let some of our listeners know, uh, you uh, started out racing at uh, at Hickory Speedway when you was young. Uh, you was the most popular driver in there, and you were also uh, when you started running the NASCAR Wheeling All American Series. You was the Rookie of the Year in 2013. Did you ever think you would come from the NASCAR Wheeling Series and all that now to racing for the iconic Mr. Richard Childress? Never pictured running for Richard Childress, especially in a three car back then, but. Everything definitely worked out coming up through the ARCA stuff and running a couple of truck races. And now we got a pretty good opportunity now and just got to make the most of it. And for the first three races, everything, we wouldn't have had a couple, a little bit of bad luck the first two. We probably, it's 
12th place finish should probably be our worst finish. We ran in the top five at Bristol and Talladega. It's just late race stuff sort of cost us good finishes. And Shay, you, Shane, you've you come up through the ranks pretty, pretty, pretty quick. Uh, you uh, you run some, uh, you run a, uh, a a truck race for SSS Greenlight Racing at at uh, Martinville for Mr. Bobby Dotter. Uh, when you come up in from the uh, from the NASCAR wheeling stuff in Arkansas and come up into that into that truck there at, at Martinville, can you let our listeners know just how big a difference it is going from uh, from a car to a truck? as far as the, you know, adjusting. It was definitely a pretty good difference, which is one of the good reasons I'm glad I got the Xfinity deal. The truck deal is just so much downforce and so much grip by yourself that it really don't translate to either one of the cars. The ARC and the Xfinity cars are way closer than, say, going to the trucks in the Xfinity. So I really think that's helped me more than anything, not getting really, like, acclimated to the truck and actually getting some bad habits from it <laughs> yeah and shane uh the uh excuse me <coughs> excuse me shane sorry about that um the uh, race there at uh pocono they uh the uh the uh, turns they're they're made one 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 turn is like indianapolis one's like milwaukee and i can't remember what the, what the other ones are did your <laughs> car handle better over the uh over the tunnel turn? i mean you know we've had drivers on shane and they've talked about trying to get it's hard to get the car balanced over all three turns. What was your best turn there at Pocono? I'd definitely say our best turn was probably the tunnel turn, then turn one. Turn three pretty much cost us a race. We were terrible in turn three. We couldn't – I got to still make it fun of me because I just pretty much told them the car drove like a dump truck after about 15 laps in turn three. <laughs> but I don't – I don't know where we missed it over there, but we never could get turned, and that's where we. And when you can't turn in turn three, and you got that huge long straightaway with the package we had, you're pretty much sitting duck by the time you get to the other end. Exactly, and Shane, you in uh in the uh, final practice there for the third annual Pocono Green 250, you were uh you were P you were P five, you run a lap of 158.999, and at that point, did you think that the that you had a really good car and a really good chance of winning that race there, bud? I definitely thought we had a good car. I don't know if it's just the temperature stuff changed. And I don't know if we had a really good chance to win the race, but I definitely thought we would have ran in the top five. It's sort of it's hard. Your chance sort of goes down when the 18th got Kyle Bush in it, but we thought we could at least everybody, we as far as the package, thought everybody would have ran closer together than what we did. It actually probably one of the hardest tracks i've had to pass even with this package yeah what's the what's the bottom groove or the top groove better shane uh turn one on the restarts the top groove really helped out i swear i think i went 12th to fourth on one restart from the outside and turn one it's just the bottom of turn one just really checked up and you just lose all the momentum down that straightaway and get freight trained but once you got single file and race runs, it's pretty much the bottom all the way around the track. And Shane, I could talk to you forever, and I know your time is limited, but I want to hand you over. Uh, uh, thank you again for taking time out to come on with uh, Stephen and I. We really appreciate it, and good luck the rest of the year at whatever your endeavors are, bud. And like I said, I appreciate you taking time to come out. Don't be a stranger. I'll get back with you. We'd like to have you on. So I'm going to hand you over to speedwaydigest.com, Stephen Wilson. 
Thanks, Shane. Sounds good. Thanks. Shane, thanks a lot for coming on here tonight. You're you're uh, splitting the car this year with several other drivers, um, Renick on and uh, Jeb Burton and others that are going to be in and out of that car throughout the yeah, year. Talk about, you know, what, you know, what opportunities that this opens up for you just outside of being able to be in one of these cars, you know, even part-time and having some of these, um, you know, not the best runs, but a lot of learning runs out there. Um, and just the kind of advice that you've picked up or, you know, you've reached out to others within the organization like, you know, Ryan Newman or Brendan Gaughan or, you know, some of the others that have been in these cars um, for Richard Childress. Yeah, it's definitely been a big help. I'm, the person that's probably helped me more than anybody since I got over here is Ty Dillon. Just that I've been at it every race. He's been on the radio talking to me and somebody that can text and he'll give me any info I need and, he just really sort of took me under the wing and helped me out as much as he can. So that's been pretty cool. And Austin and Daniel Hamrick and Matt Tift, all on the Xfinity side, been a huge help. And it's like nobody there, you don't feel like you can go up and ask a question. And they've been the same way with Jeb, too, from what I can tell. But they've all been willing to give out some help. In NASCAR this past weekend, well, not in my house car, but Goodyear, they brought some different tires out there. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, by looking at that race, Xfinity Series race, it was, uh, you know, it was a much different race than we've seen in the past, not only with the package, but the tires that they brought out there. And it was definitely a stark difference between, you know, the, the, the Sunday race out there, the Cup Series race. What were you able to learn out there by use, by this the package that they brought out there along with the new tires? Um, this weekend, I definitely the package was definitely more racy than what the regular package is. I think the only thing they missed it with Pocono. I think I might have been Chase Elliott that said it's just the packages don't really work on a track that we have to let off and that the handling really mattered. Everybody pretty much still got spread out. We were just running way slower speed. Was, but the cars definitely probably needed more front downforce. The aeroducts definitely hurt some of the front downforce for us, especially behind other cars. The cars really wouldn't turn at all once you got behind somebody, which felt a little more magnified than what I thought it would be. But other than that, the package, I mean, overall it wasn't bad. I don't think it would be bad if we got some of the restrictor plate back and just had overall speed back. And looking at your your schedule for the rest of the of the year here in 2018 for the Xfinity Series, what are you guys most focused on going forward? As in, where do you think you can pick up and make the best most improvements? Um, not just you know um, from your finishing positions, but just overall improvements within the team. I'd say we definitely got the next two Iowa circles. It's a track that I've always. Now that ran last year, and I just liked it ever since. And all the mile and a half tracks are tracks we're looking forward to getting back to. Well, Shane, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight and uh, answer some questions and talk to us about this year. Uh, before we let you get out of here, please let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media. Uh, your sponsors that have gotten you to where you are today and uh, where your next race will be at coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks. 
Yeah, the uh, you can follow me on social media. Everything under Shanley Racing on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then you know, I think like Childress Vineyards and Bath Pro and all of the RCR partners come on board this year. Everybody's been a pretty big help, and looking forward to the next races that Iowa and Daytona coming up. Shane, I appreciate it. Best luck throughout the rest of the year. Have a great night. Thanks. See you. Shane Lee there, Stephen. Uh, awesome young man. I got to interview him at Talladega. And uh, when he got out of the car, you know, this first time that I had met him, he was uh, he was, uh, he was the pole sitter. And I think there were just a few to go. And I was trying to stand there and get an interview with him. I talked to his PR, and he and he and nodded, yeah. Well, then when I walked around to look at the scoring pile line, somebody bumped him off the pole. Well, as soon as I go to interview, I was going to say uh, the pole sitter, but I I sort of got tongue-tied, and I said, well, uh, Shane, I can't really. I said, I was going to introduce you as the pole sitter, but you just got bumped. He said, I know. But good guy. Seems like he runs the, the super speedways well also because he had that heck of a run here and like he said he's he's gonna he's gonna run daytona and he's running a limited schedule for richard childress and uh he ain't he ain't he ain't no little man steven he's a he's a big old boy he <laughs> he's about my height he's a six three and he's a big old boy but he um he seems like he handles himself really well steven and he seems like he appreciates everything that has been not really given to him, but everybody that sort of hit him along the way. I think Stephen might have dropped, but coming yeah, on here shortly. I'm, I'm here. Oh, there you I'm are. here. I, I I hit the I hit the button on you. Sorry about that. I put it put it in you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, you know he's uh, he's moved up fairly quickly, not only from the Wheeling Series to the Arca Series and Future Trucks and now Xfinity. Um, he's had a, uh, you know, an opportunity that's, um, you know, to, to come and run for, you know, our, our one of the best, or, or, I can't talk, sorry, <laughs> one of the uh, best owners out there. Um, you know, Richard Churchill has put a lot of good people behind his equipment, and by going out there and uh, working with Shane is uh, definitely um you know, something that's helped for him and his career and all the people that are around RCR as an organization is definitely going to be able to keep him grounded and keep, you know, a focus and aspect on what he's going to be, you know, in that car in the future, you know, maybe maybe even full-time at some point. I think so, too, because, I mean, you know, there's going to there's gonna come a time, so we know we've talked about this, we've, we've discussed it, and I've heard a little bit of Rumorville, too, they're gonna NASCAR. I think is looking at some different. Well, I don't don't know to quote me on this. NASCAR is looking at some different ways or how they're gonna do this uh, to not allow the Cup drivers to come down in the Xfinity side. And that would mean you know you got Austin Dillon, you got Ty Dillon there. That's the grandsons of Richard Childress. Richard Childress, and then you know like I, like you just mentioned, you got Shane Lee coming up through the ranks. And maybe a full-time ride might come up there. That would be awesome for Shane, because like I told Susanna today, I said, you know, this this young man, he hadn't run but so many races, and I, and I said, look what he's doing. Uh, could you imagine if he got a full-time ride, and like he said, that that number three car for Richard Childress, I think uh, it wouldn't be long. He would be held a beckon with, Stephen. 
I keep hitting this button tonight. I swear between my laptop and the button that I keep hitting, um, me and technology are not working tonight. So I figured, I figured you hit the button again. And no, and no apologies. Let everybody know Stephen Wilson, is he is computerless. He's doing all this on his phone. So you're doing a heck of a job, brother. Go ahead. <laughs> so as I had already, you know, started off in a 45-second, you know, uh, I guess tirade, but, you know, anyway. No, you know, he. everybody's got to start somewhere. And not everybody gets to start at the top, and not everybody gets to start in a, in a good piece of equipment uh, full time. But, you know, it's, it, these, are, these, are what, these are what drivers are having to do today. You know, they're getting into these, this equipment, and they're showing that they can actually bring something to that car or bring something to that team. And even if it's on a limited basis or a part-time basis, as Shane is in the car with, uh, I think, about three other drivers, Ty, um, you know, Jeb Burton, and uh, Brendan Gaughan, each of them, yeah, each of them have their strengths. And I think, you know, that's what allows these teams to grow today and become, you know, not only better as a team, um, but become better as drivers because they can work off one another sometimes. And that also helps them further their career because, you know, if they're running good in these cars and even if they're running good in, in part-time cars, people start taking notice of that. And they start looking to put you in a spot where you can be more competitive all of the time, not just competitive some of the time. Exactly. And, Stephen, you and uh, you and Shane were uh, talking about the uh... – about the package that the NASCAR Xfinity Series brought there, at, brought there to Pocono, and I, I, I don't remember, I don't remember, but was that the same package that they run at at Indianapolis last year for the for the Xfinity Series? Yes, yeah, the same package where they put the air ducts in the front uh, of the car, mm-hmm. um, as well as a different pan, uh, radiator pan. It creates drag uh, on the front of the car. Um, and not so much downforce, and then the you know they the blades on the back of the car, um, the spoiler, um, the the ears and the blade is, is different. Um, so you know it's a, it's a it's a different package. It's similar to almost what the package that they run uh, just a couple of weeks ago in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series uh, for the All Star Race. Um, you know there's a little bit of differences in the Xfinity package, but um, you know it's the same basic concept that they've used. Yeah, and Stephen, I know you are computerless and you are down right now. But uh, did you see the email from uh, Starcom Racing? Did it come out short? Uh, no, I you did didn't. not. Let me see if I can find it. I put it on the site earlier. Uh, uh, yeah, from Ashley Marie Monica. Uh, Garrett Smith is going to be making his uh, Cup Series start this weekend for Star Starcom Racing. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I don't remember what car number he's going to be in, but they have got him. He will be. Well, let me just go up here and look, and I can see. Uh, uh, he's going to drive the number 99. He's going to drive the number 99 for Starcom Racing this weekend at uh, Fire Keepers Casino 400 at Michigan. So that's an, that's another young man that's come up, and he he run really really well and. In, in that race at Pocono with a Shane also, Stephen? You know, Garrett has been a driver that's been a very personal driver, not only to the fans, but on social media and everywhere that he's, he's at. He's a very likable driver. 
Um, you know, JD Motorsports may not be the best funded team out there, um, and they've got a lot of competition, and they may not have, you know, all the engineering and, you know, the best cars and the best motors and the best transmissions every single week. But Gary Spencey is able to go out there and put those cars um, in in positions, you know, for that team. You know, they're they're getting, you know, decent finishes out of those cars. They're not tearing cars up. And, uh, you know, him and Ross Chastain seem to be improving this season over what they've done the previous seasons. Um, and it's good to see them. You know, Ross Chastain, you know, which is his uh, counterpart there, J.D. Motorsports, was able to get into the final round of uh, of qualifying there for uh, Pocono. And, uh, you know, Garrett, Garrett himself, you know, are making improvements. So that team, uh, it's good to see them or, you know, somebody like Garrett get his opportunity to come up into the Cup Series. Um, you know, Rocks has been running, you know, uh, a couple different cars this year, uh, I think the 15 or 51 or something like that. Um, but, you know, for Garrett to be able to now come up and uh, be with a team that, you know, this could be his uh, is the next step in his progress to get into the Cup Series. And statement to add to that, you mentioned Ross Chastain. I want to bring it up. He uh, he finished one spot one spot in front of Shane Lee. Shane Lee finished twelfth. Ross Chastain finished eleventh in the Flex Little Chevrolet there for JD Motorsports. Just just like you mentioned, JD Motorsports they're they're not a they're not a real bad underfunded team, but they're not they're not your Gibbs teams. They're not your Junior Motorsports, and they really have to dig and get what they can get. But yeah, that's. Ross, Ross Chastain, if I'm not mistaken, that might be his best finish in the NASCAR Xfinity Series there for J.D. Motorsports at a, uh, at a at a top 11 right above Shane Lee. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that was a pretty good day for them at J.D. Motorsports. And, uh, you know, for them to, to be able to go out there and outrun some of these teams, um, some of these better-funded teams and better-equipped teams, um, you know, especially go out there and get in a, uh, you know, get into the final round of qualifying like they did. Um, you know, it's been a long time since they've been able to do something like that, and it's it's good to see them be able to, you know, start improving upon these, uh, you know, not only qualifying efforts but finishing efforts at the same time. Because that team, you know, everybody likes uh, JD Motorsports. They're they're the they're the team that. Uh, uh, you know, still is that blue-collared team that everybody can, even even though that they're a bit of the underdog each and every week, they're still just a team that you can go out there and root for because they have likable people. Uh, Johnny himself, as a, as a car owner, has been around the sport for a long time and done a lot of stuff for the sport uh, and gave a lot of people um, opportunities in the sport and even some second, you know, and third opportunities in the sport. Um, so, you know, that whole team is, you know, it's just somebody that you can go and you can root for them because they just, they don't do anything that is controversial. They go out there and they run a hard race and people respect them for everything that they do. And to add to your story there, Stephen, you know, we've had uh, Scott Revis from J.D. Motorsports, Hall Drive, we've had him on twice. And he's always mentioned, he's always brought it up <clears throat> that, like you said, they don't they don't have the money. He actually told me this at Talladega. He said we have to make sure our car goes through spec, goes through the room of doom, the hawk out, whatever. We have to make sure it goes through because we can't afford to get a penalty. Because if we get a penalty, 
I think you mentioned it. I think you and him were talking about it last week. If 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 they get a penalty and they get fined ten thousand dollars, that's four sets of Goodyear tires for them that they could have bought. You know, that's a lot of money to a JD Motorsports team. Yeah, for them that could be the difference between going to the next race and sitting at home for the next race. Exactly. Stephen, I think we've got our next guest on here. I think Suzanne's got somebody in the in the screening room. Maybe it's maybe it's Liz Allison. I want to get her take on Davy made it Davy made it into the Hall of Fame, Steve. He uh he he was on the ballot. He uh uh let me see if I can get over here and find what I was gonna look at. Uh the percentage of the votes. He he got he got more votes, the percentage of the votes. Davy got uh hold on a minute, let me get down here and look. Uh, Davey got 63% of the votes right above Alan Kowicki with uh, 46. And I think it's real fitting that Alan Kowicki and David Allison go in, uh, going into the their name to the 2019 NASCAR Hall of Fame class there. Uh, it's just ironic that them both come in at the same time, Steve. Yeah, it is. Um, but we all, you know, remember, you know, right about that same time, too. So it's good that they go in together. Um, they do, both did a lot for the sport. And um, arguably, you know, you, you have to look at both of them and when they got put on the ballot. And I think it was the right time. I do too, Steve. Steve, let's go ahead and welcome in our guest, uh, my good friend, uh, Miss Liz Allison in the pit stop with Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Miss Liz Allison, I want to thank you for taking time out to call in with uh, with me and with Stephen and I. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, I'm happy to do it. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, Liz. All I can say is he made it in. What's your thoughts? <laughs> he made it. Yeah, he made it, Liz. I know. It's like the biggest sigh of relief. It's just um, just to hear Brian France announced Davy's name it was just um it was such a surprise because I I, in my heart I had already kind of prepared myself that it would it might be another year or two just by looking at at the at the average time for people once they make it to the you know as a nominee um and and how long it takes them to actually go in as an inductee I kept thinking it's going to be another year or two and I really didn't think that they would take Alan and Davy together I thought they would separate them and so I just, I was so surprised when I heard his name that it just, just an overflow of emotion. So it's such a, it's such a relief and we're so proud. We're still pinching ourselves. It's just amazing. That's awesome, Leah. Yeah, Steve and I, we were just discussing that about uh, Alan and David going in at the same time. And Stephen said he thought it was, it was just fitting for the moment and everything. And, and then also too, Leah, just to add too, not taken away from uh, Davey, but uh, 
Robert Gates went in last year. I mean, it was just it was just like everything come come together. Yeah, it was just um, it just really is amazing. So I just um, what an incredible class this is going into 2019. And what's interesting about the class is these five that are going in. I know each one of them, or I've known them personally, and and so many times, you know, we we know every but we know of everyone that's going in, but maybe not know them personally because of you know whatever era they might have been racing in or whatever it may be. And so it's just, it's really special to me knowing that not only that Davey's going in for all the obvious reasons, but, but just to know that I, I know each one of these inductees personally, so it makes it more special for me. Amen, Liz. And just to add to the, to the story, some of our listeners might not know the Davey Isles from Walk of Fame. It's just about the way the crow flies from my, from my house here just south of Talladega, probably about three miles. And that was a big deal there with Texaco and Coca-Cola, the Allens that live right down the street from me in my subdivision. The Dave Allison Walk of Fame, it's, it, that's, that's something awesome too, Liz. I mean, to, to uh, have that dedicated to, uh, to Davey and to have all these drivers inducted into the Walk of Fame here in Talladega, what does that mean to you? Oh, it's so, it's so special. I mean, Talladega will always be, you know, our home track, and we love Grant Lynch and Russell Branham and everybody that uh, that that runs Talladega and, and makes everything happen there. And they're just their family to us. So it's it's the Walk of Fame and just the whole community. I mean, the community there has been just an extension of our family, and it's just when we're back when we're in Talladega. You know, if it doesn't matter if we're walking in Walmart, if we're walking into the racetrack, you know, we know that we're surrounded by people that care about the the Allison legacy and, you know, and our family personally. I mean, the kids, Robbie and Krista, that were so young when Davey passed away. And, and it's just amazing how how the community there has just surrounded our family and has continued to to uh, to care and that, you know, and, and to keep Davey's memory alive. So it's just um it's very meaningful to us. And Liz, you know, Larry McReynolds is a good friend of you and you and me also. Uh, did you talk to Larry Mack before the announcement was made for the 2019 class, or did you talk to him after? And if so, can you let us know what that conversation went was about? Well, I mean, for, for many of us that, you know, Doug Yates, Robert's son, I mean, there's, there's, so many of us that are still, you know, really, well, we all still work in the in the business, and we're very close friends. And so, we had all chatted the day before, just by text, of hey, you know, just hoping for good things, and you know, praying, keeping our fingers crossed, you know, all those things that 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 we say when we're we're anticipating some news. And um, so, once the news came down, I mean, it was within, I'd say within five minutes of the announcement. Larry McReynolds was, you know, I was on the phone with Larry. He called, he was actually with Ernie Irvin at a, uh, doing some, some racing stuff. Uh, so he was not at the announcement either. I was in Nashville and Larry was off doing some stuff with Ernie Irvin. So, so he got the news and I was watching it. And so Larry and I were on the phone and basically it was just, I mean, I was, you know, I was emotional and he was thrilled to pieces and, so it was basically me crying and Larry talking was basically what the conversation was like. But, <laughs> um, but you know, he's just thrilled to pieces. You know, he and Davey were such good friends. And, and, and for anybody who watches any telecast that Larry's a part of, 
will know that, you know, we're coming up on 25 years. Larry has never stopped talking about Davey. You know, he he still talks about him up in the booth. He talks about him on his radio shows, and he, he talks about him as a driver and as a person. And so just, you know, the fact that Larry has, has just been such a, just a force to be reckoned with when it comes to Davey's memory is, um, you know, this was, this meant a lot to him and he's, and he's done a lot to, to make sure that people have not forgotten Davey Allison, the person or Davey Allison, the race car driver, either one. And ladies, we've had Larry Mack on our show n- numerous times. Stephen can, can, can vouch for that. But yeah, Larry Mack, every time that we've had him on, he's always brought up Davey. He's always brought up Tyler Davey. He's always brought up you. He's always brought up the Allison's. Did you talk to Bobby? Well, I want to know what, how, what was Bobby's reactions whenever he first seen or first heard that he that 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 Davy was going to go into the 2019 class? Well, I mean, Bobby was there. He and Bonnie were there in person at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and NASCAR they have kind of a different process, voting process, and, and also kind of the announcement process. They, any of the 20 nominees or their families, are, they're invited to the NASCAR Hall of Fame for the live announcement of the five inductees that are going in for the next class. And, and you know, that's just a personal decision. That works for some people, and that doesn't work for other people. I personally did not want to be there in person because – First of all, I'm an emotional person, so I was going to cry if he got in, and I was going to cry if he didn't get in. So, I mean, if, if either way, I was going, I was going down. And so, I just, I just felt like that was just a, a, a personal kind of a private space that I wanted to be in when that announcement was made, so that I could process it in my own way. Either way, whatever the news was, and so I made the decision not to go. And um, so did Robbie and Krista, uh, Carrie, his uh, Davy's other sister decided to do the same thing she stayed home as well so it was just Bobby and Bonnie so I had talked to Bonnie and Bobby that morning and then I talked to them again once they got there and then so um, we text Bonnie and I text right after the news was was announced or you know right after the announcement was made and then I talked to Bobby within about an hour afterwards and so um, so we stayed in in contact that whole day, and same thing. He was just, in fact, he said that he himself is a NASCAR Hall of Famer, that the announcement that Davey's, you know, Davey's name being called out was more meaningful to, to him than it was when his own name was called out. So, I mean, I just think from a father's standpoint, Bobby's a father first, you know. He was a race car driver after that. And so I think that just speaks to a dad's heart, you know, that, that he is so proud and how much it means to him. And Leah, just just to let you know, you know, myself for media, your your media, you know, we're we're told not to have favorites, but I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there. Ever since I was growing up, I was a big fan of of Davy Allison. I know I I just broke mm. the media, I I just broke the media rule there, but um, yeah. Davy was my Davy right. was my driver, Liz. He was. Well, you know what? There's a listen. Marty Smith is, you know, he's been very open about about his, you know, his, his hero is Davey. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of us in the media that, you know, we, especially for, for those, those heroes that have, have, you know, that have passed and, uh, you know, listen, they, they make an impact on our lives, you know, for those of us who have heroes or mentors that, um, you know, that, that we respect and have, have played an impact on, on, 
you know, our view of a sport or of anything for that matter. And I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing that. You know, if you were if you were out there now saying, hey, go Brad Kay, I pull for Brad Kay, everybody, you know, then that might be a different thing. But I think that, you know, being able to say, hey, you know, Davey was, was my guy. Man, Marty Smith has been about as open as, about that as anybody. And I, and I love that. And, you know, and there's other, you know, there's other well-known personalities in our sport that, you know, have said other people have, you know, were kind of, you know, a trailblazer for them and they were, it was, they were their heroes. So, you know, that's just, um, I think that's just a part of who we are. And I, 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 I appreciate you saying that because it's, um, you know, Davey was a, Man, he was a he was a heck of a wheel man. We knew that, but he was an even better person than he was a wheel man. He was, Liz. He was an awesome, awesome guy. And Liz, I'm gonna hand you over to uh, Stephen Wilson, Speedway Digest com, Speedway Digest dot com. Thank you again very much for calling sure, in. Sure, thanks and, for having me. Yes, of course. And I know your time is limited, but don't be a stranger. I'm gonna throw you over to uh, Stephen. Liz, thanks again. Congratulations to Davey. Congratulations to the Allison family and all that. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Liz, appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. Growing up as a kid, I think, you know, you guys kind of touched on this just a little bit, but growing up with the sport as a kid, seeing the number 28 Haviland car out there on the weekends, uh, you know, it was just so iconic in the sport, Um, not only through Davey's career, but post-Davey's career, um, Talk about over the years what that really means to the sport and what people have this emotional attachment or just these fond attachments of not only him in the car, but the car itself that just became so iconic with him in it. Well, I mean, the, you know, the 28 has a lot of history in the sport, and it was there was a there was a lot of a lot of wins under the belt before Davey came along in that car, and a lot of a lot of well-known drivers drove the 28 and so you know I think that for for Davey he just gave it a different look and feel you know and I, I mean who I, for those of us who have been around long enough to remember that 1987 the rookie of the year car with that you know that I mean to me that's one of the most iconic paint schemes was his rookie car that white and red and black um, Texaco Haviland 28 and you know that I think there's just certain paint schemes you know that we remember through the years you know it's it's certainly the 24 the rainbow warriors card and there's you know there's dale earnhardt's black three you know there's just i mean richard petty's there's just certain paint schemes that stick out in our mind and and they you know they they there's a lot of passion i think that's behind those those paint schemes too and so you know for for davy i mean i know he was proud to continue that 28 legacy and and I think that the big thing now for me is that, man, it'll be 25 years in July since we lost Davey. And the fact that, that he is still a part of, and I, and I use relevant loosely here, but, but it, that, that he's still being discussed and that, that he is a, a NASCAR Hall of Famer. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. And it just, you know, it just shows that, uh, you know, the impact that, that he made on the sport and, and he's a part of of why the sport is the way it is today. And, you know, and I told a friend of mine last week, you know, the fact that people are still talking about Davey 25 years later makes me want to be a better person. You know, the fact that, that people still tell stories of, of of him taking time to talk to people and, you know, and, and ways that he touched people. I mean, that's, 
that's his legacy. I mean, Davey was a, he was a wheel man, but man, he was the driver. He was, fans loved him because of the person that he was and how humble he was and that he was kind of an off sucks kind of a, kind of a guy. He was just a good old country boy, you know, that, that, that made it to the big time. And I think what Davey did was made dreams really a reality for so many people because of some, some little, you know, floor sweeping kid out of a race shop in Hueytown, Alabama can make it to the big time, then, then, then a lot of people's dreams are alive. And that's exactly, that's exactly what, what it was for Davey. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, people to this day, and I mean, just not only him, but people talk about the likes of Benny Parsons or Dale Sr. And all of these people that have come before, the Alan Kowicki that's always going to go in. And these memories that people grew up with the sport and not only still remember the sport back then, but just, you know, they had that connection with it. What does that really mean to be part of this class and a class of not just, you know, in the Hall of Fame, but this is the next level, something that, uh, you know, to some people, this, this is the ultimate pinnacle. And, you know, you'll be forever enshrined or he'll be forever enshrined and forever in the memories of people, even after we may be long gone at the same time, but people pass these stories down, and then those people then go get to see, you know, just what Davey did for the sport and the stories that people are still telling 20 or even 30 years from now. Yeah, I mean, that's the most important thing to us is that that he will not be forgotten, that his stamp on the sport is now permanent. And that, that when stories are told about Davey, that it will be about the person that he was as much as it was about the driver. You know, his stats, I, I, and I've said this before and I stand by it, I don't care about his stats. I don't. I don't care about the stats and the history books because they are what they are. You know, what, what really matters to me is what people say about him as a person and they remember the person that Davey was. And, and you know, and, and that is so meaningful and this is part of that you know this is Davey won the fan vote two years in a row you know he met last year he made the he finally um, you know made it to the to the big list of the 20 nominees and and his you know with the fan outpouring voting for him for two years in a row is just unbelievable and that that's about Davey the person and that's about hitting chords with people and connecting with people and being um, approachable and being real and um, and I've, I've, I've said, man, there's a lot of drivers that are on the track today that could take some lessons from somebody like Davey Allison, you know, on, on how, how it's supposed to look and how it should be to, to be a, to be blessed to be a race car driver at that level. And so I, you know, it's, he, he'll be forever a NASCAR Hall of Famer and, you know, and not to be too quirky with this, but I, but I really, I really do believe this and, and feel this in my heart that. You know, there was one last thing that, that we felt, one last race, if you will, for him to win, one last true accomplishment for Davey, um, and that was to go into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and now that, that's been done. And you just talked about this just a second ago, but but 25 years, and in this sport, 25 years can sometimes be a, just an eon. Um, you, we've been through multiple generations of not only drivers throughout the sport, but the, but the sport has changed so dramatically in 25 years. But you haven't left the sport, and you still stayed with the sport where many people would walk away or fade away and or just 
You know, there's multiple different stories that, you know, this could have been the outcome, but you stuck with the sport. What is it to you personally that that understanding or that connection with the sport that you not only wanted to be there for him, but you're still there uh, for everybody that's around him or thought about him or you and everybody else uh, in the Allison family? You know, and, and I did leave the sport for the first five years, and then I came back in, in 1998 and and then crossed over to the other side and worked on the media side of things and, and um, you know, and, and hospitality and, and just got a different view of the sport, if you will. And, you know, I think that the, the best way to describe it, I guess, is is that, you know, your, your, your family is your family, and NASCAR is a big business, but it's, but it's you know, it's, it's a tight family, and, and Bill French Jr. let me know right away that, that they were not ever going to not be there for me and that they would always, you know, the sport was, you know, my friends were in place and my, you know, it's just, a, it's just my family. And so you don't just, you don't walk away and they don't walk away from you either. And, and that's the way it is in this, in this sport. And so I, you know, as, as painful as it was, and it still can be at times, it's, um, it's, there's, I love my work and I love what I do and I love being at the racetrack and I love being in constant contact with, with the fans and NASCAR fans. And, and I love hearing stories from people that, that love Daisy, but you know, my, my work has been 25 years. I mean, I've, you know, outside of that first five years, I've been working in the business for a long time. So it's, um, it's, you know, that's, that's where I belong. And it, you know, it's just like, you know, whether it's Bobby Allison or whoever it is, you know, there's, there's many people that it, that could have walked away and, and they don't because of the same the same reason. It, it's not, you know, the first five years, yeah, I couldn't, it was too much for me. I was young, the kids were young, and it was painful, and I wanted it all to go away. But after after that and after healing and, and coming back and from the business side of things, it's um, I, can't, I can't imagine doing anything else. Well, Liz, congratulations for Davey getting Thank in. You. It's uh, probably a very long time coming. Um, I'm sure some of you would probably have liked it to happen quicker. But uh, congratulations to him. Congratulations to you. Um, thank you. You know, no, normally we tell people to thank their sponsors, but you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll, <laughs> well, we'll you let you what? thank all the people that have helped you. <laughs> yeah, I'll t- just thank the fans for everything, for just their love and the support through the years, and for continuing to carry that torch for him. It it's just it means so much to to our family, and I know that in those in that voting room that it made a difference that that the fan just that groundswell of support is still there for Davey and they felt that. And so I just, I thank, thank everybody for that. Thanks a lot, Liz. And, uh, okay. Y'all take care. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for everything you've done in the sport and, um, see you. Well, maybe, I, I mean, I'm sure you'll be on TV in, uh, January when he's put into the hall of fame. So best of luck and congratulations once again. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Steve and Liz Allison there. Great, great. She is a, uh, what's the word for the sport? Like a, uh, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. But like she mentioned, uh, she wanted to walk away from the sport. And she walked away because uh, the kids were young, like she mentioned. 
and she come back to the sport, and it was like a healing for her, Stephen. And uh, you know, like I said, uh, my favorite driver, you know, like I mentioned to Liz, you know, was Davey Allison, and which that was my favorite driver then was before I become part of the media deal here with NASCAR and you and everybody else. And you know, you you got to watch what you say, but uh, it felt better with Liz telling me that uh, you know I could. <laughs> I could say that David was my favorite driver, Steve. Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up in the sport in that era, um, it's hard to not connect again with some of these drivers like that. Um, you know, I was very young when that happened, about 12, you know, 13 years old when that happened. Um, you know, and uh, Kawaki not being so far behind, um, you know, right around that same time. But to see the number 28 out there, and I, you know, watched the sport for a long time um, prior to that. And uh, just having that connection sometimes that you just don't forget these things. You don't forget the drivers, even though that you may not remember much about them. But, you know, that connection that you make and, you know, some of those early connections and, you know, not only watching him, but, you know, the number 28 and Ernie Irvin getting in that car and the number 88 um, with Dale Jarrett and, you know, that kind of put me on a path of, you know, um, you know, I, I I followed Dale Jarrett for a long, long time, you know, throughout his entire career. Um, so, you know, just, you know, it's sometimes that connection that bounces you around like that, and you just don't forget those, um, you know, not only the stories, but the people themselves. And to our listeners, uh, Stephen's talking about some of the, you know, Stephen was, a, was at a young age in 93 whenever this happened to uh, – to David Allison here at Tildog Super Speedway, and to throw it out, no, I'm I'm not even going to talk about it. But uh, this, uh, for some of these young listeners that don't understand, back in the day, like you and Liz were talking, we had talked with the, I had talked with Liz. There's a lot of fans that have really kept following Davey, even after his passing, after the accident here at Tildog Super Speedway, and. Stephen, she uh, she hit on a big point there about about I don't know why. Which she did mention that she didn't go. She didn't go. Uh, Bobby and uh, some of the family members were were there. Bonnie and Bo- Bobby and Bonnie. I'm trying to talk. Bonnie and Bobby were at the announcement, and she didn't want to go. But she was like, it was like, Stephen, I could see in her head, she was playing back the memories of everything that Davey did. And she was praying and hoping that he was going to make it in the 2019 class. And she stayed at home and just listened to her talk. Now, this sort of breaking me up a little bit, but I'm sorry. But it hit a nerve when he made it. When the vote come through, he's in. That was real special there with Liz Allison and you talking about that, Stephen, with with, with y'all's conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody has their own way when it comes to this. Um, I've been through the the Hall of Fame process with, with others that I've worked with. And, you know, everybody has, you know, the the way that they approach it not only just 
getting to the day of the nominating day, but then the voting day, and then, you know, the months and months that will lead up into finally in, in January of next year when they go in, um, everybody approaches this totally differently. There's just not one right way or one wrong way to do it. Um, you know, for some, it's very personal. Um, for some of it, it's very, you know, that private moment. And for others, it's a very public moment. Um, you know, Jeff Gordon, that's a very public moment for him. He's arguably probably one of the best-known drivers that that kicked NASCAR from its roots to the popularity that it had in the 90s and 2000s. Um, so for him, it's a little bit different. He's been under that, you know, um, very public, you know, persona for so many years where, you know, some of these others may take a more private approach, but there's no one right way. There's no one wrong way. They're all the way that everybody celebrates not only the induction, the the, the voting, the the putting, all of the things that come along with it. And this just doesn't stop in January either. Many of these people still go to events. Many of these drivers and inductees that have been put into the Hall of Fame are still very much active, sometimes in their own way of being at the Hall of Fame, um, doing uh, you know various media things for NASCAR, promotional things for NASCAR. Others kind of just sit back and they don't want to be in that light. And um, again, it's just you know, it's a very public moment for some and a very private moment for others. And everybody is well within their rights to do it however they wish because, you know, it really is a, it is a special moment to be put into the Hall of Fame. Amen, brother. It is. And it was a long time coming, like you and I had talked about, Davey, and it, and it was really fitting that Davey and Alan Kowicki went in at the same time. And so even we're coming up here, we've went over the hour, but – uh. I'm going to go ahead and let everybody know the uh, uh, schedule there at uh, Michigan. I'm going to give you a break tonight, brother. I got you, man. The uh, I'm I'm just going to read off Friday uh, everything that has radio and the TV. Uh, there's a big schedule and everything, all this, but I'm just going to let uh, Friday, the Monster Energy Cup Series first practice is at 11.35 a.m. Uh, MRN, and Fox Sports 2 has your coverage. Uh, the Xfinity Series First practice, 1.05 p.m. to 1.55 p.m. Fox Sports 2 has that coverage, and the ARCA qualifies at 2. The ARCA series is up there, too. Xfinity Series final practice, 3.05 Eastern time. Uh, Fox Sports 1 has that. Monster Energy, Monster Energy Cup Series qualifying, 4 p.m. MRN Fox Sports 1 has that on the ARCA. And then coming up uh, that night, the ARCA Zumongo. 200 is at 5.30 p.m. Uh, there's no TV game. Saturday, Monster Energy Cup Series, this is at 9.05. MRN has your radio. Fox Sports 1 has your TV. Xfinity Series, also Saturday, qualifying. 10.05 a.m., Fox Sports 1 has your TV. Monster Energy Cup Series final practice, 12 p.m. Saturday, June the 9th, MRN has your radio. Fox Sports 1 has your TV. And then coming up that Saturday, the TV pre-race is at 1 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Xfinity Series LTI printing 250 will be at 1.30 p.m. MRN has the radio. Fox Sports 1 has the TV. And then Sunday, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, Firekeepers Casino 400 there at Michigan International Raceway. Pre-race is at 1 p.m. on MRN TV. Pre-race is 1.30 p.m. on Fox. 
Uh, MRN has your radio, and Fox has your TV. And, Stephen, I want to give a big shout-out to you. I want to give a big shout-out to Shane Lee from Richard Childress Motorsports for coming on. Uh, that young man has a lot, a lot going on. He's going to be your next. I'm going to make the prediction. Uh, he's going to be your next Jeff Gordon. I want to give a big shout-out to Liz for coming on. Uh, she stayed on longer than she agreed to. And uh, – Good conversation there with uh, with uh, Leah Stephen and uh, anything you need to throw out, any breaking news or anything you got. I know you're laptopless, laptopless. Hey, that's a good one. I'm gonna start calling you laptopless. <laughs> oh, don't forget there's truck series racing at Texas uh, Friday night. Um, oh, I, I think forgot about that. Around eight forty-five or so. Yeah. I forgot about that. They're at uh, they're they're at Gateway, right, Stephen? Uh, they're at Texas this weekend. Then they're going to get away here right. in uh, about two weeks. That's right. That rattlesnake, rattlesnake two hundred. They text motor speedway, right? I forgot about that. Some, some, <laughs> something or another. I don't have my laptop, so you know it's 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 failed me tonight. So uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I know it's somewhere around eight forty-five or you know uh, around that eight forty-five nine o'clock um, time frame. Uh, there you go. Uh, Fox, Sports, hey. Fox Sports 1 will have that coverage. Okay. And listeners, uh, you can follow uh, Stephen Wilson Speedway. Stephen, I'm going to let you know where, where they can all follow you for the all-weekend coverage that you do every weekend. Stephen, you got to follow. Let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and your website. Uh, you follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Speedway Digest. And SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, nobody at the racetrack this weekend. Brett will be up at uh, Gateway in a couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, so that's what's going on. And, Stephen, while I got you, uh, I got some vacation. I got a burn. So, if you, which I know your time limits you too. If you ever get some slack time, which is, I know, very, very seldom. But uh, check your schedule. Uh, I know you and I and Anne-Marie and Suzanne were going to Darlington Labor Day weekend. We don't have nothing scheduled in between that. If you would like to maybe we can maybe catch a race in between that, uh, see what your schedule allows, and I'll you just let me know. I can work around yours, and we'll see if, see if we might can attend something in, in between if you want to. All right. That's All right, good. check on that. Check on that. And uh and uh, there you go, bud. Figure it out. Uh, you know, Suzanne might not be able to come because uh, she works at the tag office. She don't get near the time. Uh, no, nah, I don't want to go there. <laughs> but no, anyway, Stephen, like again, like I said again, I want to thank Shane Lee from Richard Childress Motorsports for calling in. And I want to thank Liz Allison for coming in. And she stayed on, like I said, a lot longer than what she had planned. Stephen, thank you very much. Till AM and the boys, we say hello. And next Tuesday, we have Tommy Joe Martins will be on with uh, Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson in the Pit Stop Radio. So until then, check out my pages, check out Stephen pages, and check out the race this coming weekend at Michigan International Speedway. I don't think you will not be happy checking it out. Until next Tuesday night, uh, I'm Tim Spain alongside of SpeedwayDiaries.com, Stephen Wilson. See ya. Yeah.
really want it. Got got a jet pack with your name on it. Above the clouds in the atmosphere. To say the words and we out of here. Hold my hand if you feel scared. We're flying up, up, out of here. Here we go. Stuck by the way you glow, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. 